You're listening to the Horizons Church Podcast. Good morrow to you, Ethan Bolton. And good morrow to you, my friend. How art thou? I'm sticking with the old-timey British. I'm going to make a mistake and it's going to be embarrassing. (laughs) I'm doing great. Very enthusiastic response. Yeah, so we were talking about earlier, a little bit, off the air. (laughs) I like saying Off the air, yes. um, About uh, Disney musicals of our childhood. Yes. And um, one of my faves is, is still Mulan. Ah, yes. Mulan's um, great. It is. It is great, especially the songs. Yes, the songs. Funny that if you were to make a live action, you would want to include such a thing. Yeah, that you would want to include these (laughs) masterpieces of musical composition. They are really great. And I honestly, I think they're some of the best of the films of that era. I really think they're some of the best. And I recently discovered a power metal cover. (laughs) 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 Stick with me, man. It's a power metal cover of Be a Man. <laughs> or that, is that the actual name or is it uh, I'll Make a Man Out of You or something? Anyway, I don't know. It is amazing. <laughs> of course it's it so is. so good. I, didn't, I, I can't even pretend to know what power metal was before this just downward spiral of falling into a YouTube trap of finding more... <laughs> And more covers, but it's like, you know, like on IMDb, it's like, if you like this, you'll like blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Um, it's like, if you like, for, I don't know, people like me who are unfamiliar, <laughs> if it's like, if you like Through the Fire and Flames, you'll like all of Power Metal, basically. Wow. And it's a cover of PMA. It's amazing. That, I'm going to have to look that up post-haste when uh, we finish recording here. It's so good. Through the Fire and Flames. That was, uh, what was that band? Dragon Force. Dragon Force. That's right. That's Power Metal. Yeah. Because that was really, I like, just remember that from Guitar Hero 3. Exactly. And- the Just, whole world suddenly knew what it was. Yeah, and how impossible it was how to... impossible. It was just crazy. Man, I yeah. forgot about that song. Probably haven't thought about that in like 13 years. <laughs> it's, or something it's like that. Wow. Yeah. Well, that's but, fun. It, it, it is fun. That's going to be great for everyone to track down when they're done listening to this Definitely. episode. Mm-hmm. So, Well, uh, you had that enthusiastic moment, and uh, I had an enthusiastic moment. Did it involve musicals? Recently. No, it involved getting to talk to an author whom I've I've long Ooh. admired. Rubbing and shoulders with celebrities, I see. That's, well, I mean, I think this guy is, and I would try to flatter him in that way. <laughs> I don't know how many people actually would know about him, but well, I'm not going to, I'm not going to. I, he's not going to talk to you again now. <laughs> well, you know, it's funny you mentioned that, though, because we finished the conversation. I will not uh, regale the contents of the conversation because it was really nerdy stuff that I think only I would care about or you know like a select few but uh, but I'm reading this big book that he wrote and we were talking I don't, I'm only a third of the way through it mm-hmm. and um, he was like oh call me again when you finish the book and oh, we'll like we'll talk about it that's more that's so cool that was really cool I was Dang, really that's feeling like, I've been riding off that high for the past two days I feel so. like the translation of that to me would be like talking to like the director of a miniseries. Oh, yeah. Before I finish watching it. Oh, yeah. That would be so thrilling to yeah, be like, oh, I loved all these details. Like, how did it come to fruition? What was behind this? Yes. So that's yes. so cool. Yeah, look at us. Enthusiasm abounds. It's wonderful. <laughs> and, uh, you know, on that note, uh, I think today's topic is going to be rather uplifting. Well, that's nice. You know, I mean, not that we don't often do things that I think are uplifting, but <laughs> there are some that, you know, well, like we recorded an episode recently on the blasphemy against the Holy Spirit, yeah, you know, which is not yeah. the most. It's a heavier topic that is a heavier topic this this is this just puts wind under my wings you know <laughs> it just it really 
really helps me get up in the morning sometimes, <laughs> quite literally. No, so I was I was recently struck by a uh, captivating thought, or rather, I was reminded of this thought by a pastor named Dane Ortland. Mm-hmm. He wrote this book called Gentle and Lowly, which I highly recommend. Everybody listening to us, pause this episode and buy that book immediately. <laughs> it is the best book of its type I've probably read in my life. Dang. Buy it. It will change your life. But I was rereading it, and he has this little bit where he's covering 1 John 2, 1, which reads, My little children, I am writing these things to you so that you may not sin. But if anyone does sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. Mm. Now, even by itself, I think that's a wonderful verse. Oh, yeah. Right? I mean, you have the Apostle John telling the people in his church that he's been writing this letter and giving them all this good stuff so that, first of all, I mean, they might not sin, right? Which, that's going to make you happier and holier in the long run anyway, right? I sometimes tell people, I've never met anyone who has come into my office, sat down on my couch, and said, man, I really regret not giving into that temptation recently. <laughs> like, I really regret not doing that, right? Like, I've never met anyone who's said that. Yeah, uh, It's always the opposite, right? Like, man, I just wish I hadn't committed that sin. Is there anything that can be done about this? That kind of a thing. So he's writing this letter so that they won't sin, right? So they won't have that experience, first of all. But then he also says that secondly, if they do sin, he hopes that they will remember that they have an advocate who will plead their cause before the Father. I will, I so appreciate that you have someone like John here saying, hey, look, I write this for your good, you know, f- to remind you, to help. Yes. But also... I'm under no illusion that you've been, like, perfected this side of heaven. Right. You're not mystically beyond failure. Right. Um, And he he acknowledges this and is also like, it's not the end of the road. It's not like, you're saved until you screw everything up, you idiot. (laughs) It's not not like that. Yes, it's very pastoral, you could say, you know, (laughs) writing this pastoral letter here. Which reminds me, I can't remember who said this, but I've never forgotten it. Because I think we do have this tendency left to ourselves to think, man, I committed a sin. My salvation is forfeit. And I don't know if we put those, if, I don't know if we put a name to what we're thinking through, but we do think, I mean, I think through it like that. Yeah. And uh, this guy said, talking about that kind of thinking, he was like, if you're thinking like that, if you could lose your salvation, you would. Like, you'd lose it like every day. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, he went on to elaborate. Like, the point is like, well, no, like, that's not what's, what's going to happen. And... On that note, it's this bit in that verse about Christ's advocacy that is really stunning to me, given that John highlights that role as being on our behalf after we've sinned. Mm -hmm. Like, that's what he's highlighting. Because here's the rub. If we do sin, and as we just mentioned, we all do still, unfortunately, sin from time to time, right? Some of us, raising my hand over here, probably more than others. I think another one of our more common temptations, in addition to thinking that whole, you know, like, well, my salvation is forfeit thing, and maybe this actually links to it, but we're tempted to try and hide from God, I think, in a sense, because we feel ashamed of ourselves, and our thoughts accuse us, not to mention Satan, and we just can't imagine that a holy God would want to stomach an unholy person like us in his presence, right? And I mean, the thing is, like, our accusing thoughts and Satan, I mean— Technically, they're not wrong when they're like saying, like, you com- you did this thing. Exactly. You violated God's law. You sinned. It's like, well, you got a point. Yeah. That's, I mean, really. Um, you know? That is exactly what happened. Yeah. I, I feel like, you know, audience of the time, if I'm sitting there hearing this, uh, I'm actually thinking, like, eh, your letter came a little late, bud, because uh, <laughs> yesterday this happened. And then <laughs> yeah. I already messed that up. And yeah, I'm on the ropes then, I guess. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I can't manage it. 
and I don't even think I belong here listening to this. Yes, yes. I think a lot of people walk into churches this very day thinking similar things. Yeah. But the reality that John is hitting on here is that that is not at all how God feels about his children. And that is demonstrated here pretty vividly by Christ's advocacy. So think about it in these terms. The author of Hebrews says that Christ lives to make intercession for us, right? So he's doing that all the time. In other words, Jesus is always praying for us. He is always asking God's will for us. He is always seeking to do good for us, right? Jesus is constantly doing that. There's basically never a moment that Jesus is not doing that. But Christ only acts in his role as an advocate if we sin. In other words, that's not a role he always fulfills for us. He only rises up and fulfills that role upon the occasion of our sin. That is that is more pointed. Yeah. In other words, Christ is always standing as a sort of mediator between us and the Father, right? It's through him that it's possible for us to be reconciled to God. It's through Jesus's mediatorial work that we're able to come boldly before the Father in faith. But there comes a time when if we sin, it's as if we stand on trial in like a cosmic courtroom, right? And you have the accuser, literally the accuser, like the accusing, the prosecuting attorney, the accuser, that's what that's what Satan means, it's accuser, standing, trying to make the case against us on why we're guilty and accusing us, obviously, and saying, here's the evidence, you know, they've violated this law, they sinned in this way, they've spurned you over here, and you ought to pronounce them guilty. And I mean, again, we feel like- I mean, on paper. Yeah, like, you know? okay, yeah, no, that is exactly right. But in that moment- Christ, the advocate, moves, so to speak, this is kind of, a, I guess, a, a crude metaphor, but he moves from this mediatorial position where he's kind of in the middle. Like, we're over here on one side, the Father is on the other side, and then Christ is in the middle, kind mm-hmm. of interceding, being the mediator. Well, in this moment, Christ moves and becomes the advocate, and he moves over to our side. Yeah. Like, he comes over to our side to be our defender to take up our cause for us. And as if he just cannot help but stand in the defense of his brothers and sisters and tell his loving father, well, the accuser may have correctly written down the record of their sins, but it is just for us to forgive them because of my sacrifice. Like, it is just. It's not. It would not be a violation of your perfectly just nature because in God's perfectly just nature, he must condemn sin and unholiness and unrighteousness, but it is no longer unjust for him to forgive us to forgive sinners because Christ's sacrifice. And that is what he is pleading on our behalf. And he just can't help himself. And the accuser cannot answer him a word at that point. He can't do it. It feels almost unfathomable to picture this. I mean, Mm -hmm. because let's be real. We generally know when we sin. We know better when we sin. We're we're well aware of what we're doing. I'm going to say confidently that, you know, 98% of the time, if not more, I I did the math. (laughs) Yeah. Did the Pharisee math. (laughs) It comes as no surprise ever when we're sinning. Uh, And it's something, you know, about that. It kind of feels like it makes it worse because we should have known better. It's not like we're making a mistake naively or or in ignorance. Um, We're we're choosing it. Yeah. It's forgetting ourselves to actively do something other than Christ that is contrary to Christ. Who could not possibly have given more for us? Right. Yeah. So, you know, it's hard to wrap my human mind around the idea of of advocating for that kind of person yeah. who who would try to actively wrong me after giving so much. Like, and that kind of person's us, actually. Yeah. Surprise. <laughs> That's me. It is me. No, I'm the man. <laughs> as much as we like to think it isn't. It yeah. is. And and at that same Christ is is 
is still willing to not just pardon or overlook or say, I'll let you off this time, the 70th time. Yeah. Um, Coming up on 77 there, <laughs> We're getting friend. real close, idiot. Um, <laughs> but actually, you know, to actively speak in our defense. That is wild. Yeah, yeah. And not even begrudgingly speak in our defense like yes. he wants to do that like there is this um dane ortland talks about like this warmth and this love that rises up in him that he just cannot help but want to rush to our defense the way that like to mix our metaphors here i mean the way that a father would want to go and defend his young child in a situation like that where like oh yes i know my child has done wrong but i forgive him like it's, i love him immediate I, and natural yeah like it's just like i couldn't help myself almost you know um and i mean that is as you pointed out that's what jesus does for us if we sin like he's doing that when we sin you know it's not as if like well now we sin and we've cut ourselves off from his the work of his advocacy yeah and somehow we let ourselves think that yeah he only becomes our advocate when we <laughs> sin you know yeah now naturally again as john wrote we ought not sin in the first place because i mean it, we are far better and far happier when we don't. Like, when we do have that moment of choice and we say, okay, I'm not today. Like, I'm not going to give in to that temptation today. I mean, when those moments come, rarely, unfortunately, but when they come, I am. I always feel so much happier and holier. I'm like, I'm never not pleased with that decision, you know? <laughs> but if we do sin, again, we don't need to be afraid when Christ draws near to us. I think Dane Ortland also put it like this, that we might think, but my sin has been against the perfect and holy God. Exactly. Like, it's one thing, you know, not to make light of it, but like, if I sinned against, like, my sibling or my spouse or a coworker, like, okay, well, they're human. So, I mean, these kinds of things, that happens, and we'll try to reconcile and work it out. But then you're talking about, well, what if, you know, my sin is against this perfect and holy God, and I've completely offended the one perfect being in all the universe. The one ultimately powerful being yes, in all the universe. Yes, yes. <laughs> That is the moment when Jesus looks at us and says, well, if your sin is against me, then I am the one who's most suited to forgive it. So let me forgive it. I want to forgive it. Like, I don't want to stiff arm you. I, you know, like, he's not like us where I think, you know, I'm sinned against. And there is this kind of, no, yeah, it's not natural for me to want to be like, well, let me just wrap you up in my embrace and let's just, you know, oh, sing Kumbaya. Man. You know, there is this part of me, it's like, I can hold that over your head a yeah, little bit, like, you know. This will not happen again. Yeah. And I'll make sure of it. Right. But Jesus, again, he's not at all like us in that regard. Like, he wants to forgive us. He wants to wrap us in his embrace again. It kind of like, uh, this comes from the book as well, but when we sin, all right, Paul describes us as we're members of Christ's body, right? I mean, he takes that analogy really far. I mean, he's saying, like, some people are the hands, some people are the eyes, you know, things like that. And again, we sin and we think, well, I just need to, like, I'm not worthy of being part of Christ's body. Like, I need to separate myself. Well, that would be like if, say, like, you got a cut on your hand, <laughs> and then your hand was like, I guess I'm not worthy of being part of your body anymore, and it detached itself from your body and tried to get away from you. No. Like, if you got a cut on your hand, you would bandage it, right? Like, and you're like... Trying to, I like just imagining the sound effect of your hand just popping off, <laughs> popping, pop, and going away. Like, <laughs> come back here, hand. What is this? A Chris Angel show or something? C crawling away like the Adams family. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but you know, like again, like if you cut your hand, like the real thing you're going to try to do is put ointment on it and try to repair the damage. Repair the damage, and that's what Christ wants to do with us. He doesn't want us, you know, separating ourselves and fleeing. He wants to heal us. And so there is this special care that God has for his children, even 
when they do sin, which is to say, don't let past sin keep you from coming to Christ. Again, he knows it already. You're not going to hide it from him. <laughs> Surprise. Um, so just bring it to him and receive the forgiveness that he is eager and wants to offer you. If you believe in Jesus, don't let the accuser sow into your heart that you lose hope of God's love toward you. I mean, at the end of the day, that's why the Father sent the Son in the first place. And this is something I do have to be reminded of over and over again. The Son did not come so that the Father could love us. Like, it's not as if the Father was looking down on humanity and like, oh, I'm so disgusted with these people. Like, all right, Jesus, I guess if you go and you're willing to die for them, well, I guess that'll show me that they're maybe worthwhile and maybe then I'll love them. Yeah, this is starting to sound like a like a Greek odyssey. I know, right? Like, wait, what is it? who is it, Zeus? You know, <laughs> exactly. like, what the heck? But the Father sent the Son precisely because he loved us. Exactly. Like, that's why. Like, yeah. he, he was just overflowing with this fatherly love for his children, and he had to make a way for them to be brought mm-hmm. back to himself. And he's like, well, basically, like, I will pay the highest price to do that because my love is so deep. Like, my favorite hymn slash song of all time, you know, how deep the Father's love for us. Yes. Like, it is vast beyond all measure uh, that he would give his only son to make a wretch's treasure. So, in that love, we can become sanctified and we can be freed from the grip of sin. Like, we will see that progression of less sin in our lives, hopefully and ideally, right? And we will grow in holiness. But as you said at the beginning, neither John nor any Christian in all of history is under any illusion. Well, let me say that back again. There are some Christians who have been under that illusion. (laughs) Neither John nor anyone who has any inkling of humanity is under any illusion that we are perfect the side of eternity. And Jesus stands as our advocate when we do sin. So we don't need to be afraid to go to him and seek his help in those moments of need. And I just puts puts wind under my wings and does. Yeah. So Christ is advocate. There you go. First John two one. Tuck that in your back pocket for a rainy day. True. Or or any day. Or a frigid spring day. Yeah, or a frigid spring day. The air is crisp. Ah, <sighs> yes. So thank you as always for listening. Uh, we hope that this did prove helpful and encouraging to you. If you have a question on this or any other topic, you can email us at podcast at horizonschurch.net or you can interact with us on social media. And if you found this content helpful, if you did find it encouraging and you want to leave an honest five-star review, share the podcast with your friends. Yeah. That'd be great. That would put more wind under more our wind. wings. So much wind. So much wind. Gale we'll, force wind. Gale force wind. We will be <laughs> like like Elijah carried up to heaven in a, in a whirlwind. <laughs> so much wind. Right? Yeah, something like that. Something like that. So, no, thank you as always for listening and we'll catch you next time. Mm-hmm.